Hey guys, welcome to episode 98 of Bono's Health. And I'm very excited to give you this episode. I learned a lot about pediatric health, something I don't know a lot about, and that's why I love doing the show. I get to learn more. I had to share that with you guys. Joined here by Dr. Anna Bolshin, who graduated with me in physical therapy school and so excited to reconnect with her. It's been a while since we chatted and got to catch up and hear all the cool things she's up to, specializing in kids up to five years old. And it's so important that we understand that there's this side of physical therapy that we can make sure our bodies are developing properly. Uh, it's, it's incredible how physical therapy is very wide ranging. Most people don't know that about our profession here. Um, there's the pelvic health, side of it there's the functional medicine side of it which is definitely on the on the uh rarer side but i love exploring all these facets uh, there's about 20 specialties within physical therapy uh, that i can think of off the top of my head i'm sure there's more so i love bringing you guys these episodes i got a great slate of guests coming up including dr kelly starrett and his wonderful wife juliet as well as shane dow gymnastics expert and rob wolf one of my uh, all-time nutrition heroes <laughs> as well as just logic science common sense heroes so excited for all these episodes coming up i uh, hope you guys get a lot out of this if you do you want to support the show please don't forget to like uh subscribe leave a rating and review it means the world to me and i hope it brings you plenty of value get one percent better today we'll talk to you soon enjoy the show We're live. There we are. Uh, hello, and we are joined. Bono stuff. My podcast here. Oh, I forgot to change that. I'm now calling it Bono's Health to be a little more specific. And we're talking about kids with Dr. Anna Bolshin, physical therapist, doctor of physical therapy, class of 2008, Long Island University, same as me. Uh, and she is in Pennsylvania, loving touch pediatric physical therapy. And there's the song. Let's get it. Nope, not yet. Uh, so. It's something a top a topic I haven't covered much on this podcast. We're coming up on a hundred episodes. I think this will be number ninety-five, maybe. Nice. Don't on that. But uh, yeah. So we are joined here by Anna, Doctor Anna. Tell us what brings you here today, and a little bit about Loving Touch Pediatric Physical Therapy. Sure. So Loving Touch Pediatric Physical Therapy is my third baby, as I like to say, the <laughs> the girl that I never had. Um, but um, it's a pediatric mobile practice in Bucks County, PA, um, focusing on kiddos. I absolutely love early childhood. Um, zero to three is my jam. Um, everything from generalized gross motor delay, wellness, um, you know, neurological genetic conditions, all things kids. I just love kids and I love to get kids moving. <laughs> love it. Love it. And along, well, tell us maybe a little bit about what got you so passionate about that. Was having your own kids? Was it, is that, I, again, I don't, thinking back to we were classmates in physical therapy school, three years, doctorate program, LIU. Uh, I, I, I do recall even back then, you know, I think you had a little bit of a, of a passion around that, but um, is that something you kind of 100% knew back then or, or? Yeah, tell us a little about that. Always, always loved kids. Um, always knew that in some capacity I was going to work with kids. But you don't really know um, anything in school, right? Until you come <laughs> out and, and you practice and you learn and you take lots of continuing eds. 
Um, and to me, to work with kids is you, you're really setting them up on a life path in a lot of ways, you know, so the change is not in that day, in that hour, in that pain, but you're, you're literally altering the trajectory in a way. And then you get to kind of, you become family members and there's just so much positivity and it's just, it's fun. I like to say I, I play for a living, you know, <laughs> it's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, my career has been a little different. I'm sure you're a little familiar with that than traditional physical mm -hmm. therapists. Um, and I've gone into the fitness space a lot more than the physical, traditional physical therapy space. One of the things I did was CrossFit kids. Um, and I, and mm -hmm. again, I learned so much more in, in that certification as well as that uh, experience of working with kids. So yeah, I, I am really excited to hear more of some of the things you're doing and uh, just, just hearing about that. So uh, one of the things I wanted to jump into with all that is milestones. So for new parents, for, for uh, you know, folks in that space, uh, you, you kind of said it, don't stress the milestones, focus on the progress. And we're going to have that in the little thing below here. And so tell mm -hmm. us a little more about that for anyone not familiar. You know, it's, you're supposed to have certain things happen at six months, at nine months, at 12 months. So mm -hmm. if anyone's mm -hmm. delayed, that's where someone like Dr. Anna can come in. So tell us what's going on there. Yep. So, so, you know, don't stress that we, we need to know, we need to have a guide, right? So we do have to have a little screen of, of when you would expect certain things to occur. Um, but I think when parents get really kind of focused on the month that it's going to happen, um, it's and, and comparing, you know, my friend has a six month old and that six month old is doing A, B and C and my kiddo is not. It's not so much about the milestones. It's about the projector. Is your child making progress? Is your child working towards developing that milestone? Um, and then how are they performing that milestone? Right. So um, do we see any symmetries? Do we see any compensations? You know, it, it's it's more than just. Are they sitting at six months? Are they crawling at 10 months? You know, um, it's what do they look like when they're doing that? And, and are they making progress towards it? You know, some kiddos mm -hmm. are later to come out of the gate. But if you're mm -hmm. seeing that trajectory, um, then parents shouldn't be stressing so much. No knowledge is power and it's and it's knowing what you're looking for, you know? Yeah, yeah. And again, that's, I guess, the question there for any concerned parent or someone in that situation is at what point is it is it up to the pediatrician or are you in that position where you can do an assessment is that so, so I, I just want to compare this to a lot of my listeners might be familiar i offer annual orthopedic screening so uh right. you know we can check in and take a, a 40 year old mother um and say hey what's going on with your body what aches and pains do you have going on how are you moving what are you doing yoga and running great let's do these assessments let's see how strong you are blah 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 uh, and then when do we seek out a little more higher level surgical consult, things like that? There's ways that we're going to do that. So in those situations when those milestones aren't happening, is there a certain level of delay that we should be worried about? Or, uh, yeah, how do you, or should we just be getting, so one of the other topics you wanted to touch on is wellness starts with babies here, right. um, for right. everyone. Let's switch that over. That's a nice segue. Right. And, uh, along those lines is, is, is that the kind of same kind of thing of, Hey, you should be getting checked up by a pediatric physical therapist, um, mm -hmm. at again, six months, nine months, 12 months, even if there's nothing wrong necessarily, but just to move things in the right direction. 
So that's actually right where I'm at. Um, you know um, well, and, and you're trying to change that too, is that unfortunately we don't have a culture of wellness and prevention. Mm -hmm. um, and you mentioned delay, but when we're waiting for that delay, um, we've let all of this kind of time go by where the reason for that delay wasn't addressed, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily the milestone that I'm stressing so much, but why is that delay happening? Um, pediatricians are great, but a pediatrician's focus is keeping health. the baby alive, basically. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we know um, a, a, a colleague of mine said, and I don't remember exactly the numbers, but the United States is top in emergency medicine intervention, right? But we're also among the sickest population, which to me is just mind boggling, right? So do we wait for a child to have a delay and for wh whatever's causing that delay to persist? Or do we know what to screen for? And that doesn't necessarily mm. mean having to see a physical therapist every three months. So I'm not right. in the business of having parents rely on me and seeking me out. I'm in the business of let me teach you what to screen for. And if you and your screen as a parent foresee an issue, know who to contact, know your resources, right? So we all want manuals as parents, but realistically speaking, if I could count the amount of manuals in my junk drawer that I haven't hmm. referred to, you know, it's quite a few. So who do you reach out to you that is best at answering your questions? Because unfortunately, oftentimes, Did your, your earbuds might, oh, did they just go off? <laughs> Better now? Yeah, you just, you cut out. Cut out. Um, sorry about that. Um, I don't know what you last heard, but <laughs> parents knowing how to screen, mm -hmm. how to easily screen, and parents knowing who to turn to, to have their questions answered, because concerns are often dismissed. And in my mind, the model of let's wait and see, but we're not doing anything about it, you know, mm. or some kids just skip certain things and that's okay. That's mm. not going to set them up with wellness for the future, right? Yeah. Because if we all grew out of it, adults wouldn't have flat feet, you know, mm -hmm. if we all grew out of it, adults wouldn't have knee pain and hip pain and back pain and postural asymmetries and scoliosis, right? So we must not all grow out of it if we're, if we're still dealing with these issues as adults. Yeah. So orthopedically, are you screening for things like flat feet or scoliosis even in that? Yes, that, I do okay. a full postural screen. Um, the evaluation will obviously depend on the age and on the concern, but mm -hmm. posture is huge in development. And that's why I say I'm not so always concerned about the milestones, but how do they look? So oftentimes kiddos will grow out of it, right? And will eventually walk. But how do they look when they're walking? You know, mm -hmm. do they have flat feet? Are they pronated? Because it's going to go up the chain. We know that, mm -hmm. um, it, you know, because they have flat feet, do they have decreased core activation? Well, then they have issues with constipation. Well, they have issues with sitting in school and handwriting, right? So posture is huge. But again, I'm big on parents knowing what to screen for. We shouldn't just be addressing posture when it's a problem, right? Mm -hmm. So if we could look at the kiddo early on, right? You'll, you'll notice pictures of babies where their trunk is really curved, right? Mm -hmm. Or 
their pelvis is hiked up or, you know, they have might have torticollis or they have an asymmetry in movement, right? That tells us what's going to happen later on. So if we can get in there when it's really quick and easy to fix it because they haven't developed those compensations, those learned movement patterns, we're doing, you know, a, a big, it's a big favor to them long term, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Same as, again, I think a lot of parents probably, as they're having a kid say, hey, let's start saving for the college fund and, and you know, things Same. that, right, and you're, you're saving the money. It's it's also like, I think it, part of this, and I've seen the same in my business of trying to help people prevent injuries and as well mm -hmm. as a lot of diseases uh, is, is the concept of, yeah, like, can you trust this person you're giving money to is actually going to help you avoid this thing? And I mm -hmm. think that we as a profession are pretty terrible at marketing that that long-term fix. And I think yeah. that a lot of folks just think of physical therapy as get you out of pain now, but exactly. yeah, to your point, wellness is a bigger definition. I want to take a big step back for a second and ask, we, we call it pediatric physical therapy. We're talking about kids, but just define for us what age population you're working in. So my passion is early childhood. So anything really zero to five-ish, I think I, I do do mobile and home physical therapy. So past five, um, they might do better, um, you know, in kind of a clinic play gym type of environment, but it really depends. But like I said, my passion is early childhood and early intervention. Well, that's um, our just third topic. Early intervention mm -hmm. saves money, stress, and time. So mm -hmm. uh, is, is that just tying into the wellness concept? Yes. So again, let's talk about compensations, right? Um, there's an issue. It doesn't go resolved. Your child has learned to move with that asymmetry, with that issue, with that low muscle tone, whatever it may be. So you're reversing damage that has already occurred rather than coming in kind of at the beginning and helping manage it so that we're not reteaching you know, movement patterns, motor plans. Um, that's, that's really huge. I like to compare it to a house, right? Because when we have a boiler in a house, we get it checked regularly. We all have that date on the boiler, right? If you wait for the boiler to blow up, you know, and you have a flood in your house, you're not just fixing the boiler, you're now fixing the floor and you're replacing furniture, right? Um, it's the same thing with our bodies. If we wait too long to address an issue, it becomes a bigger issue. It then becomes more painful to resolve. It may take more time to resolve it, uh, more money to resolve it. And stress, stress is huge. We live in a very unfortunately high stress culture right now. So where we can avoid that stress, um, I, you know, I love to help parents do that. Yeah, I love that. And coming back to the wellness concept, if we can, I'm curious, do you also go into some of the outside of the musculoskeletal, the, the, the strength movement piece? Are you talking at all about nutrition, uh, you know, even breathing? I, I, maybe that's too young to deal with breathing practice. No, but it's breathing. Breathing is huge, right? Because if you can't breathe, you can't eat, you can't 
you're not getting nutrition, right? Babies are, if babies can't breathe, they're going to, or if it's difficult to breathe and eat, they're going to prioritize breathing, right? So then you go into things like failure to thrive and, you know, weight gain issues and whatnot. Um, So yes, PTs and babies, just like PTs and adults, look at the musculoskeletal system and the neuro and the cardiovascular system. In terms of nutrition, um, you know, it's not so much within my scope, but in terms of what is happening inside the child's mouth, in their trunk, with their breathing, that's keeping them from eating the way they should, right? Mm. So is the child avoiding certain things, Um, things like that, for sure. I'm curious when you say it's not within your scope, is that state-based or is that pediatric-based? Because I know that nutrition in general is very much pushed by the APTA and things like that. So I, I'm just or not is not within right. So I shouldn't say within my scope of PT, but I'm not I'm not educating on caloric content, right? Mm-hmm. So we're dealing with babies. Mommies are going right. to choose to breastfeed or to bottle feed, right? Okay. Are they having difficulty with bottle feeding and breastfeeding? And from a um, from a perspective of the musculoskeletal neurological motor system. Uh, what is happening that they're having difficulties doing that, right? But I'm not going to be educating them on, you know, how many times a day and ounces the baby should be, you know, that's just not my focus. Right. Okay. That's fair. Just wanted to check. I mean, yeah, interestingly for me, especially with this, we're talking about some of the diseases and things coming up, the the concept of diabetes, early onset diabetes. uh, That's where I, I, when I'm bringing up nutrition, I'm at, I'm thinking again, noticing like, Oh yeah, you're just eating mac and cheese, you know, right. and and that kind of thing. At what point, are, you know, is it up to allied health professionals that we are to step yeah. in and be like, hey, maybe not the best thing? Or yes. again, just for your for the child's health. When we're talking about the term wellness, obviously it's it's a big encompassing term, but that's definitely yeah. something for me that uh, you know, I don't know, if, I don't know if you've heard this statistic or or uh, concept, but I think I heard this back in 2012 that the generation coming up of children is the first generation in the history of mankind that is going to have the shorter life expectancy than the previous generation. That has never happened in mankind. That's that's horrifying. Yeah. So where I come in with that is movement, right? Mm -hmm. And, and how, how do we exactly what you're saying? How do we make sure that our kiddos move well, where moving is not difficult, where moving is not um cumbersome right you know in terms of diet yes for sh- and again because we're talking early childhood it's a little bit different you know so totally get when i i did treat adults for a part of my career totally get with diabetes chf all that great stuff um diet is huge but just the age bracket that i'm working in um less of an it's issue. not it's not a focus exactly right. less of an issue and also kind of picking my battles right you're right. dealing off at times with very stressed parents right yeah. so where do i come in where i can make the most the most difference versus you're already dealing with a problem let me give you another mm-hmm. kind of issue to think of right now you know yeah i just again my you know uh, i am not a parent yet um, but, uh, the, the thing that comes up for me, cause this is how I deal with adults. And I think it is important to distinguish that children are not just small adults. There's a they lot more in a, in a lot of ways they are. You'd be surprised. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, I didn't want to, I didn't know if that, and, and thank you for that clarification. Cause yeah, I didn't know if treating them as small adults is almost deleterious to the growth 
Um, you know, so that's an interesting thing. Uh, we got a few comments here uh, from Trisha. The movement is the era kids seem, I don't know what, the era kids seem more stationary. Yes, they definitely, yes. kids in general. Which problem. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's where, again, I, I, I was thinking, I guess this is a good question to tie off, to tie into the movement piece that you're talking about here um, is, do you have thoughts on movement? And let's say you get a five-year-old and the parents are talking about putting them into a sport. Um, do you have any thoughts, feelings, suggestions? And you have two of your own children, right? Yeah. As you said, yes. this, this business is your third child, but the two boys. Yes. The two um, boys. How old are they again? 11 and 6. Yeah. So did you put them in specific sports? Was that a, like whatever they wanted to do or... Uh, was there so, like a um, yes, I'm a fan of letting them try and doing what they want to do for sure. Uh, where I come in with sports is, again, musculoskeletal issues when you're, you know, my oldest is in soccer, right? So he's playing four times a week on average. So when you have musculoskeletal issues and you're in a repetitive sport, repetitive stress, four days a week, those musculoskeletal issues will act up, right? So mm -hmm. how do we get our kids to participate in sports safely? Um, how do we make sure that they don't have those injuries? You know, and that's why, again, I say wellness and coming in in the beginning is important, right? Because that kiddo, I did, a, you know, a screening today of a kiddo where it's so apparent, you know, she's mm. overpronated, right? So mm. it's not a kiddo where I'm going to let them walk to see if they develop an arch or if their alignment changes. She's going to need inserts, right? So do we get inserts at 14 months when I already see it's an issue and when you know, the foot, the bones in the foot are still more cartilage than ossified. Do we put in those inserts and fix that alignment so that when she's in soccer 10 years later for four days a week, are we running on pronated feet, you know? So you're saying that putting the insert in at 14 months will help her alignment actually change over exactly. time. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I get a lot of folks as adults, again, that are flat-footed, um, right. And I think it's important that even it, to understand, and I'll just throw this out there because I have to repeat this multiple times a week, even if you mm -hmm. have flat feet and your, you know, your arches collapse functionally or structurally, however we want to look at it, uh, does not mean we cannot strengthen those muscles and get you working through that and doing the best you can. But here we're talking about something where a lot of folks have suffered with flat feet. And we're talking about possibly identifying it at a very early age and doing something that might actually, again, truly address the underlying cause exactly. and fix it permanently rather than allowing right. that to fester. So, yeah, that's an awesome resource. And, I, you know, uh, I think everybody and, and parents want to do their best. They just don't know that there's resources like this out exactly. there. Exactly. Exactly. I've, I've interviewed a lot of pelvic health physical therapists as well. Yep. Same thing. People just don't know that yep. pelvic health physical therapy is something that they can even address. And um, they and, should, and they mm -hmm. should. So I, I work a lot with pelvic floor, right? Because you have a baby, you're a mommy. Mm -hmm. Everyone, I mean, every mom should go for an assessment, right? A wellness mm -hmm. piece. If you have a knee replacement, right? So you've cut the knee. You're going to have about six weeks of rehab, minimal, right? So these moms are carrying these kids for, you know, 40 weeks and then 
pushing them out. Not easy. I'll be the first to say. <laughs> and it's like, we'll see you in six weeks. And at six weeks, get back to running and to your normal life. And no one rehabs you, right? So right. you bring up a very good point that we as physical therapists, I think overall, don't do a good job on educating the public on what physical therapists do, right? Not every physical therapist is created equal. Right. You do, you know, more wellness and orthopedics. I do PD. Yeah, you go, you're going in and out again. Anna. Oh, yeah. Sorry. There you go. Um, and those people have specialized in whatever area it is that they're treating. Right. So if you need to know who to go to, to address your issue in the best possible way. Right. Cause as good of a wellness PT, you know, coach or whatever you call yourself nowadays are right you bring you a three months old baby, right? You might not do as good of a job as let's say I would versus you bring me a 40 year old adult with flat feet and CrossFit coming to you for pain, right? I'm not gonna do as good of a job either, yeah. you know, so. I'll get that three month old baby deadlifting some weight. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be good. Um, I do have a question in terms of soft tissue mobilization and I'm gonna, dance around an issue here but uh do you do any soft like let's let's call it cracking let's call it cracking do you, no, do you believe so in, I, in yeah so um i don't do cracking um i do do something called um i'm, I'm training total motion release for kiddos so you're looking at fascia mm -hmm. um and you're looking at restriction so i do positional releases for kiddos Mm -hmm. uh, but no, I don't do cracking. And actually, most chiropractors don't do cracking for kiddos either. <laughs> but they do. But there are ones that do. And we see them posting things all the time on the Internet. I'll, and... I'll, I'll refrain from that. Yeah. So TMR is what I do. Total yeah. motion release, tots and teens. And it's extremely effective for, you know, across musculoskeletal, musculoskeletal, neurologic, any sort of um, genetic condition. TMR makes a big difference, right? Because when our fascia restricts us, it makes it difficult for us to move. And a kiddo has other issues on top of that. They're not going to move. Yeah. So that's an excellent question. So for anyone who's not super familiar with fascia listening, uh, parents who might be listening, I'm planning to get this to a lot of parents' ears, hopefully. Uh, I'm On video, I'm going to demonstrate kind of wearing a t-shirt. And fascia is yep. this kind of shirt or, or fabric that covers us head to toe. So if you have a bunch of wrinkles or there's uh, – it's bunched up that makes motion a lot harder um yep. so what we're talking about here with tmr and total motion releases you can release that fascia you can iron out some of those wrinkles in the bunches there um and and it's i assume I, i've kind of played with it i never got certified in it myself but i mm -hmm. assume it's a very gentle kind of very release. gentle yeah yep. so for kiddos with torticollis right we know torticollis to be the stiff neck mm -hmm. um i don't stretch stretching is painful and stretching is uncomfortable and stretching gives the counter effects in kiddos oftentimes right so i look at areas mostly in the trunk that's causing the torticollis and i teach the parent how to hold their baby how to move their baby to release that fascia and alignment improves yeah. um for sure so yeah i, I want to come back to the the making fun no no we're not doing that we're um picking on chiropractors no 
but the, the the claim is when they do the the ones that again I'm I'm I see maybe I get them on my Instagram feed and things because of that. But is is it again? I just want to go through the rationalization because the the responses or when when I see that I'm saying their spines are not fully formed. So when you're yeah. you're claiming to adjust or manipulate the spine of any child under the age of two, let's say, um, right is that the rationalization from your end that that sh- that should not be happening that so i actually work closely with certain chiropractors uh because chiropractic and pt for kiddos can make uh, a huge difference together um and i'm not going to speak you know um exactly to what each one of them does i can mm-hmm. tell you that the chiropractors that i work with are excellent and they work on affecting the nervous system right. um not through manipulation, mostly in kiddos and infants, um, but they work on making sure that the child comes out of a sympathetic or stress mm. response and goes into a parasympathetic or calm response, right? So what we don't think about is just like birth is traumatic for moms, birth is traumatic for kids. It's a lot. Not all birth is perfect, right? Um, you could have all kinds of you know issues which we make it even more stressful for the child. So when we're told that kids have colic and they're just going to grow out of it and it's normal or re- when we see that kids are constipated and and are having bowel impactions. Um, Lots of different diagnoses calming that nervous system will optimize how that child functions. So I can only speak to wonderful chiropractors that I've come to know who do that. Um, I'm not going to address the manipulations other than to say, I don't want my own, I don't want to hear that crack in my own child. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I do want that chiropractor to prime that nervous system for me, because then I come into an overall calmer child who then, you know, if, if you can't poop, you're going to be in pain and you're not yeah. going to be uncomfortable. Right. So the chiropractors that I work with do their magic and address that. Hmm. That's, that's as far as I'm going to say. <laughs> no, no, I get it. I get it. And I appreciate the clarification. Yeah. And again, going between the lines, because again, it's something we can see on social media and, and having a little more nuance. And that's where I love doing these conversations. Um, and being able to kind of dive deeper on these topics. Uh, and, and, you know, I have very strong opinions, but I, I believe I weakly hold them. So I'm always open to yeah. hear the inside and, stories. And I think honestly, and if you'll remember too, back from PT school, I feel like oftentimes there is animosity that's created BTs and chiropractors, right? And again, not all clinicians are created equal, right? So there are lots of ways of how do we work together safely, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, again, that's, not- It's amazing that you have that kind of alliance, a therapeutic yeah. alliance with uh, with, with different professionals in, in place. And I'll just add to that. So I don't sound like I'm completely one-sided or anything is, is there's definitely uh, chiropractors who I trust my body with way before a majority of exactly. physical therapists. So, right. and, the, and you know, those, it's all a spectrum and you, you yeah. said it nicely that, yeah, we're, we're, no one's created, you know, none of these professions are created equally. Exactly. And it goes back to what does that clinician specialize in? What is their training in? So I think it's very, you know, we went to PT school ages ago, right? Um, and uh, what what have we done since PT school? We learned the basics, right? So you could have 
we learn the general function and theory, but then when we come out and when we realize what is it that we want to do, what, what are we specialized in, right? Not all pediatric PTs are created equal either. Mm -hmm. I have certain theories or treatment techniques that I use, and I'm not going to say that they're appropriate for everyone. And that's, and that's what parents need to know. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really important to ask questions. You're not going to just any PT or any healthcare provider in general, right? If if you have a heart condition, you're going to go to a cardiologist and you're going to look for the best one that specializes in your heart condition. In that condition, it's very similar with PT. Ask questions about, you know, what is it that they do? What is their passion? What do they specialize in? Um, and that's how you know you're going to get that help. And again, I think as PTs, we need to do a better job educating the public on that because, you know, there are lots of kind of chain ortho clinics and I'll often see therapists posting in forums, you know, I'm an orthopedic PT, but I have a child coming onto my caseload with so-and-so diagnosis. What should I look for? And it's not that that therapist doesn't want to do their best. I'm sure that they do. And I'm sure that they have the best intentions, right? But you know, depending on your child's issue, who do you go to to better to address it in the best possible way, you know? Right. right. And yeah, this is where we're trying to make sure we educate the parents here in this situation um, just as much as any any possible folks interested in becoming pediatric physical therapists or currently are pediatric physical therapists. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, and again, really hope uh, parents out there listening will reach out again, Dr. Anna, even though she's located physically in Pennsylvania, does offer virtual consultations, So you can reach out to her anywhere in the world. And so, uh, yeah, I'd love to, uh, you know, be able to get your information, share that so folks can jump over. What does a virtual assessment look like real quick? So a virtual assessment is um, a Zoom call. Um, and that is a, a wellness visit for the most part, especially if you're not in Pennsylvania. I, you know, I'm not licensed out of state but again screens how do we screen our kiddos a kiddo is born what you know what are we looking for other than milestones what can we easily do as parents to alert us this is happening so i can reach out to resource a b or c um the virtual consults are you know play and wellness how do i position my baby you know no one how long did we go to PT school for? And before PT school, we got our bachelor's, right? So we got seven years of training, not including our continuing education to be physical therapists, but you have a kid and no one really trains you. Yeah. Um, and knowing how to position and play with your baby can affect their feeding, their sleep, their you know gross motor development, their, their social emotional development. So kind of a play plan for for families uh, based on their needs, their child's age. Uh, um, You know, that's what a virtual consult is. And then monthly check-ins. Do you need me more, right? So you've done this for a month. How do I progress my kiddo on to the next milestone? So that's outside of me educating parents in their home. That's really kind of where my wellness model fits in. Yeah, I love it. And uh, along those lines, and you mentioned having user's guide to the kids before, is, are there any useful or good uh, books out there uh, for some of these things that you'd recommend to a parent? Um, there's an organization called pathways.org. 
uh, which provides a lot of information on milestones. Um, lately, they started po posting amazing videos on development. What does a typical two-month-old look like? What does an atypical two-month-old look like? Uh, but also, it's important for parents to understand that we have a lot on our plates, right? Um, a lot of parents are working from home. So whereas you want to know your resources, you can teach yourself to be a PT. So I think your best bet is to teach yourself how to screen and then know who to go to. And it's not always going to be a PT, obviously, but know who to go to to best um, address your concern. So along those same lines, uh, obviously, if someone wants to reach out to you for a wellness check in person or virtually, uh, that's a great first step along with pathways.org. And then uh, do you have a network or is there a similar? I know for hand therapists, you can go check any licensed or uh, certified hand therapist in the country. Uh, within your zip code is there something similar for pediatric physical therapy so it's based on the theory you know so i'm specialized okay. in tmr tots and teens so that would be that network where i do cosmetic exercises i'm part of that network um but you know i think um for for people that are out of state you know looking at pediatric physical therapists and looking at what they do what conditions they treat um asking those questions is the best bet what do you specialize in what coursework have you taken it's okay to ask those questions i think what parents and people overall don't realize is that we you know they're the leader of their health and of their team i think there's that white coat fear factor mm. you Oh, um, yes, we specialize in what we do, but we're not God, you know, so <laughs> don't be afraid to ask questions to better understand how we can help you or possibly not help you. And as clinicians, it's important to refer out. I'm a big yep. fan of referring out. If I'm not going to address your concern, I'm going to refer you to someone who will, you know, so I think. If, if you're dealing with someone where it feels like they have all the answers, we don't have all the answers, you know, so it's important to look for that. Yeah. And I could tell even, you know, you and I haven't talked much since school. Um, so I appreciate you reaching out and, and setting up and jumping on here for this podcast. But um, I did want to say just from listening to you, it sounds like something that I would recommend for folks, the consumer out there, the parent out there is anyone you work with should have a plan in place and should be able to empower you. That's the, to me, the big difference between wellness versus therapy, whereas therapy is like, we just got to address the pain or the, the issue, the torticollis or whatever, versus again, I can definitely get it from, you know, even just talking to you here for, for these 36 minutes now of, of, you know, I'm going to assess, I'm going to give you my best guess. I'm going to refer you out if I need to. And that's something that if you're not getting from your current provider folks, like that's, where I think it's vital to seek out someone like Dr. Anna, even if it is virtually or finding similar resources, uh, if you prefer in person. So with that said, where can folks reach out to you? Uh, my website is lovingtouchpt. Um, you could text me, call me, email me from that um, website, Instagram, lovingtouchpt. Facebook, I think, what am I? Loving Touch PT or Loving Touch Pediatric Physical Therapy. I'm a much better therapist than social media. <laughs> and that's always um, a, a good thing. Yeah, some of the people out there who are the best social media folks don't always make the best. Not a, not not good at it and not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> it's that well, monster that we need, but. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you again for your time. I hope all the parents out there get a lot out of this, at least 1% better 
as I always say. So with that, uh, don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Again, share with an, another parent that might get some benefit out of potentially working with a pediatric physical therapist like Dr. Anna. And with that said, we'll see you guys next time. Have a good one.